0: Episode forty-three at the Metrofan TV rundown coming to you live on a pretty gloomy weekend here, for all told, uh, for a variety of reasons. Uh, no more freedom, lockdown part two, and of course uh, some pretty devastating news on the road in Philadelphia. And uh, you know, I mean, I'm not and. I'm not gonna lie, folks. it kind of does take the wind out of our sails a little bit, so we'll get right down to it right after this. It's just Juan and I this morning slash evening because Fernando has a life, and we have to carry on in this stead. How are you this? How are you, Juan?
1: Uh, I'm good, Lanza. A merry uh, 31st anniversary of World in Motion to you.
0: <laughs> yes, the only notable anniversary that's going on today, you know.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> Love has got the world in motion, and uh, I can't believe it's true.
0: Oh, wait, no, 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 no. It's also the staggering anniversary, I believe, of the fantastic rendition of Sunshine on Leith that was uh, unleashed at Hampton Park when Hibbs beat Rangers to win the Scottish Cup. <laughs>
1: In 2016,
0: happy five-year anniversary for that as well to you, from the number one Hibs fan in the
1: universe, a.k.a. me. Yes, great vibes coming out of the uh, Hibernosphere, (laughs) and uh, I don't want to say Anglosphere, because, no, no. I mean, the, the, I feel that that
0: insinuation is going to cause a riot, so let's not um, delve too deep into that. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I just want
1: to make sure that the fans know, like, I don't, I don't like the English national team. However, uh, World in Motion uh, uh, surpasses any sort of biases I have. That song slaps, and uh, I listened to it like five times, like right before recording this the best the best songs get made for the england national team though it, it, it is true they don't really that's really the only good one. Oh, three lines i'm sorry i'm sorry no, three song lines is, is so good I... get the fuck out of here like <laughs> <laughs> no i prefer the version where they say uh you, these days you'll get arrested and thrown in jail if you say you're english <laughs>
0: A couple, a couple of days ago, I was watching videos of, uh, you know, like the fan clashes in Marseille between England and Russia, Euro 2016, right? And I just found mm-hmm. myself absolutely astounded at how it seem, how it seemed like a whole bunch of guys could just continuously find chairs just lying around in a street where everything was locked up, right? <laughs> and I'm just thinking, like, where the fuck did they find all these chairs? Like, did they ransack IKEA before they showed up to have a scrap? And then I realized it was probably because they had actually just taken it from like the um el fresco dining areas of all the cafes, like a five mile radius, just to hold up in the air and throw at yeah. the English when they saw them. And then all the hard lads uh, were obviously at the back of the English contingent filming and singing
1: songs. (laughs) Football's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming home. Is that an Ikea chair? Bam! Exactly. And listen. But uh, uh, I guess we should talk about the New York Red Bulls. Uh, I guess we could.
0: (laughs) uh, I mean, like, I guess... I guess is this this is nominally a Red Bull podcast, after all. I suppose.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: yes, we are contractually obliged with our contracted front office to talk about this team.
1: Uh. Yeah, we got a message from uh from our uh, our higher ups at Energy Drink Soccer Show Media to uh get on with it.
0: Yeah, gotta listen to the holding company, you know, and when, when they stake in, like, and they tell you to deliver greater returns to the stakeholders. That's when Sorry, you know Ben Mindstand. Fucked. Yep. Sorry, Mr. Mindstand. We'll 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 get on it. We're on it. We are on it. Because I mentioned at the top of the episode, uh, I think the pain in Philadelphia wasn't so much about anything that necessarily happened from a playing perspective. But what happened, I think, from a personnel perspective, right? I mean, I think obviously um The big news in everyone's lips, obviously, is going to be the fact that we lost our best defender for the year because his Achilles tour, right? Like, literally an injury time in the second half, you know. And on top of that, uh, red card to Drew Yearwood, I think, to Sully things on a game where we could have most definitely gotten something out of, right? Like, I think if you if you, if you you looked at the general game flow, I don't think either team looked particularly sharp, but Philadelphia just kind of had uh, the cutting edge on the day, I think just from the sheer basis of having had three years to gel as a squad, right, in the system. Well, our, as we are kind of at a more embryonic stage of our development with all the personnel that we've brought in so far. So naturally, I think... Uh, you know, uh, definitely looked like a game where one team just very much clearly knew the ins and outs of what they wanted to execute a lot better than us. And in the way, it's a good um, early season reality check in a way to show that maybe you know that we aren't the most fully realized energy drink soccer team in MLS as of yet. And, you know, I think that may cause some um, consternation for some people listening to this, but it's true, right? I guess, um, you know, I think um, it's still early enough in the season where I think you have a lot of guys just trying to figure out their roles. You have a lot of guys, um, you know, you're still trying to learn the tenets of the tactics, but the most notable thing I think that's kind of stood out so far this season is that most of the people who have let us down on a game-to-game basis have mostly been holdovers from like the 2019-2020 teams, which I do find kind of funny. Like the most of the standouts have mostly been towards the new guys that we have brought in, with the exception of Sean Davis and Aaron Long, I think. Uh, and anyway, like we can't really talk about Aaron Long anymore as much as that really pains my heart to say that. So we'll get down to that a bit later. But as it goes, you know, I mean, I think you can also see the flip side of it where, you know, Philadelphia coming off a midweek clash against uh, the number one team in the East right now, right, in New England, and still looking like they were mostly running us off the field for, well, I wouldn't say really running us off the field, but at the very least controlling the tempo of the game for 60 minutes, right, and then just kind of petering out towards the end. Like that's what kind of makes all of this a kind of a weird and f- kind of a weird game for me to analyze, you know? Because I mean, I I do understand that we are a bit early in our development and our cohesion as a team still, and we've come up against uh, a team that rode a system like this to the Supporters' Shield last year, right, and gave them what I would think is a 50-50-ish kind of bout, maybe a 55-45-ish kind of effort in their in in their scale, right? And um, it just showed that for the, yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, your, 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 your thoughts in this, I guess, like, what are your takeaways from philadelphia
1: yeah this is a game that i try not to be mad about and then i find reasons to be mad about it and then i'm like do i really need to be mad about it and then i do end up being mad about it (laughs) um it's so complicated because it's like like you said i think this is an even more even game on paper than uh just the general feeling after the game would um like we if we were played off the park, that'd be one thing. But it just really wasn't. It just felt like Philly were better at taking their chances and we didn't. Yeah. Uh really it was the one. I mean it was it was, it was it, you know, the game ended one 0 It was sort of like the games at the start of the season that we lost by one goal and we didn't look completely out of it. But I think the game looks different. Um if if you know, if Amro Tarek doesn't get injured, if we don't move uh Kyle Duncan to left back, but then it also looks different if we don't move, if we don't uh, bring in Mr. Tom Edwards. Um, I think it was in the plans to bring in Patrick Klimala. I don't know if the idea was to bring him in as soon as the second half started or bring or introduce him, but um, I'm more mad that we, we lose Aaron long for the rest of the season that we lose uh, uh, Drew Yearwood going into new England than I am about the one, no win. But then again, uh, this is a Philly team. For whom eight of their players played ninety minutes three days ago, three days prior to it, and they did it again, which is also annoying. Um, but I don't think it was an entirely poor game. I thought, like as soon as Patrick Klima came into the game, it just looked like he was here. Like it, it, it looked like he clicked immediately. He was combining really well. He was getting some good looks on goal um but at the end like we didn't force Blake to make that many saves we won fewer duels on the day um I think Philly might have gotten one or two more goals had it not been for Cornell um who I think had a better game than you know the goal suggested uh but uh it just seemed like like Jim Curtin did that thing where uh like much like Greg uh, Greg Bearhalter did. He is the uh for all the Pokemon fans, he was the mill Tank, the Whitney's mill Tank to our uh uh Red. I don't know who would be the who would be the player in what would be the name of the player. Canonically, the I think it's game.
0: Ethan or Gold. Ethan. Depending yeah. on how you yeah.
1: Either way, uh only he, real he gangsters would get, again Yeah,
0: and... only real gangsters would get that reference for real.
1: Yes. Real heads know.
0: Real heads know. Uh, to uh, trade for the Machop, by the way, and uh, <laughs> just completely cheese the fight <laughs> by using Karate Chop. But wow, um, <laughs> I mean, I think to your point, you know, I think um, it it is one of those those games, right, where I think the circum, not really the circumstances. I think it's like the the, the loss is kind of made a lot worse by you know, I think. The loss of personnel than it would otherwise be, right? It would otherwise just be, you know, yet another I think um th- just yet another early season loss to a team that's I think probably a bit better than us at this phase, right? Um early on in the season. But I think, you know, I think n- now that I really look at it though, you know, I mean, like it's it's still really frustrating to have had basically have lost this game on sloppy execution right against a team Mm -hmm. that had been pretty tired like we said right having mostly played eight having played eight starters i think uh on the road in new england i believe just three days prior and not having rotated your squad a lot. so the fact that we kind of came out looking a lot sloppier and a lot more disjointed right the spacing in in midfield most of the game was just completely off you know i think uh, they had difficulties uh basically had difficulties hunting as a pack but also difficulties like uh, holding on to the ball right the moment that we tried to go back at them in transition like i think this was the first time i've seen all season our midfield just look completely overmatched right um and I I mean, on the one hand, I kind of understand that some of it was really due to the fact that people just couldn't, like, s- stop slipping on that field. But on the other hand, it was also like seeing, like, you know, I think Caden Clark get physically overmatched for, I think, the, probably the first time in his career, just completely, you know, bossed out the game. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I think Casarez was a bit, bit more of an asset this time round, because of his ability to kind of be physical and hold up the ball in midfield a bit, but that wasn't really enough because I think, uh, you know, it wasn't really incisive enough in his passing to help get that ball through the Philly lines fast enough. Sean Davis had another really good steady game, but I think was really the only guy who was really performed earning on the day. And Frankie Amaya was completely anonymous, right? You look around uh, that midfield performance, uh, and it kind of showed right like it's very much a bunch of guys who are st- who, who who don't quite have the same amount of experience and a noose I think as the union have developed over the last two or three years and you know I mean I really hate to say it at this point but I but you know I think Jim Curtin just continues to prove that he's got all our numbers for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> as you mentioned, like he's the boogeyman at this point, right? Like what the fuck? Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously some positives, right? And I, I think none would probably be more tantalizing than obviously the prospect of Fabio and Klimala starting a little bit more, as uh, you know, Patrick is here, right? And he looks really, really good, you guys. I mean, I think boy is is he here? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like. Like seriously, like I, I'm, I, I wouldn't really, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't really say really, really good, but he looks fun, shall we say, right? I mean, I think, uh, almost immediately, like you see the gulf in class between him and, say, a Brian White and a Tom Barlow, right? In this way, that not not just physically, but also in the way that he. Always hunts the ball, right? Like it's the it's the it's the timing stuff that he's got down so well, right? That that this looks like the predatory guy, you know, that generally complements a hold up striker like Fabio would in a Red Bull system, right? So in a sense, we've been throwing around the Werner Paulson comparisons a lot. And it definitely seems like now we have our team of Werner, right? So now the question would be for me, for the rest of the season, uh, is where does our Emil Forsberg come from, right? And, you know, in a sense, um, uh, I know that we don't traditionally play as with like a typical creative 10 in this Red Bull system. I know that most of it comes from pressing, but I think that's the extra edge that could be kind of that could kind of put this team over the top, right? And so if you have someone who's capable of creating off the press, but also displaying that incisive passing, you know that could very well be Frankie Amaya. Maybe not as incisive a passer as Emil Forsberg, because if he was, he'd be in Europe by now. But if you have someone who can create in that same sense, right? Maybe not necessarily from passing, but maybe pressing and then creating space through a dribble of some kind right that would be the thing that kind of unlocks everything for me just based off of this midfield performance and that's going to come with seasoning you know i think it's games like this that will teach guys how to say i guess deal with these circumstances i would hope but um yeah basically to cut a long story short like uh we're we're, we're just looking for our where the pieces are falling into place, by the looks of it. But uh, but now we've had a whole bunch of question marks being raised all over the pitch.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, especially now. <laughs> yeah. Now that we're missing two guys for at least the next game.
0: Yeah, actually, you know, and I really think about it, right? What he's shown so far, and as far as the ability to uh, constantly move and pass the ball through the lines, I mean, I do think that Drew Yearwood would be that guy in midfield, right? Who would open up a lot of possibilities once he's integrated into starting um, into the starting eleven. It's why it's kind of a bummer that we won't get to see him against New England because his substitute cameo appearance again, you know what I mean, coming off the bench, that one sequence that's been posted a lot, I think, on Twitter this week, right? The one where he receives the ball, uh, and then just drives through the midfield through the lines and then passes it off to Omir Fernandez, right? Who right, yeah. plays it into the lot That was that was sick. That was beautiful, man. man. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I, I'm kind of bummed that we won't get to see that this weekend. Because, uh, you know, I think I think if that was an indication of anything, it's uh, really an indication that Drew's kind of ready to take on more of a... More of a pronounced I think, um, role in this team. I mean, I think he should definitely be getting a start soon. I would hope I would hope he gets a start soon. His play has definitely merited it. Um and I and you know, I think when, when we talk about who this Emil Forsberg type character may be, you know, it's not necessarily going to be whoever's playing a central attacking midfielder, right? I think Gearwood could definitely contribute a lot of the same um things that Emil Forsberg does for Leipzig in a slightly more in a slightly deeper role in the shuttle. Because as we talked about, I think, earlier at the season, like the shuttlers are the ones who will be shouldering a lot of the... will actually be the ones who will be shoulder shouldering a lot of the um, creative um, load right, in the system. Not just in terms of uh, being able to pass, but especially in the ability to open up space by driving forward. right, Dribbling on the ball and the like. And seeing seeing would do that, you know, Really whets my appetite. Uh, so he skips New England, and then he's back for Orlando at home, right? I think that's the next game that we have after this. Am I right in uh, saying yeah, that? Yeah, the 29th I think, yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, um, it was a completely... Um, uh, he was completely justified, by the way, to stick up for his teammates, though. I thought that kind of ripped, like... <laughs>
1: oh yeah of all of all the second yellows to reds that's uh i'm probably less mad about how he got he earned that rather than uh some dumb tackles
0: yeah you know like uh like at least it wasn't a Paul goals type red card right where you're just hacking right. down dudes for like 45 minutes and the referee says okay mate 8 you're tackling shit off you go like it was right. for completely justified reasons in this case you know i mean uh even said so in twitter i did like to see that? It was a nice little character moment for him, right? It's like I stick up for my teammates because they're my family, and it was like me thinking, "Is like shit, man. Like this is like when like the really quiet kid in class like goes postal because like you pursue <laughs> with his friends too much, and he has like a black belt in karate."
1: Like... <laughs> oh man!
0: Basically, what it was, I was like, "Damn, dude." <laughs> Are you going to see like a YouTube video like uh, posted? It's like Quiet Kid Fucks Up Bully <laughs> and it's got like <laughs> 3 million views as a guy being KO'd of like a roundhouse kick, you know? Is it going to be one of those types of videos? That's basically what I saw it as. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah Man. Good on you, Drew. That was good shit. Um... I think when we look, uh, I, I guess I'll circle back, uh, talk to uh, the Coronel stuff, though. I think that you mentioned, I think, earlier in the episode, right, um, on the goal particularly. and I mean, uh, you know, I think uh, this was sort of like the lightning rod of conversation, right? I think about whether or not uh, he could have done better on that goal. Um, so... I think there there are some there are some threads that I saw that basically said that maybe he could have done better if he stayed back a little bit more. But I think in this case the idea was right, but uh, the execution was poor. You know, and I think um, it ends up kind of being a microcosm for the whole game, right? Where the ideas are right, but the execution. Is poor, and why I say that is because I think like what actually costs him is the fact that he kind of hesitated to come out to close down Corey Burke, uh, on that ball in right, and actually the fatal moment of the play, if you go back and watch the tape, is when you realize that he's still kind of on his line when Jamiro Montero plays the ball into Burke, right, and as a result of that being one step behind, um. It doesn't quite close down the shooting lane as tightly as he should. It's kind of right to take that um decision to come off your line to close down the attacker because then you force them into like a rather hurried shot. And that's kind of what mm-hmm. happened, right? Like Burke had to stretch for it and he just so happened to hook it around Coronel because he wasn't yeah. in the right position to close down the shooting lane tighter, right? And especially because the angle that he took to the ball as well, that opened up just that little bit of space in the, you know, to the left of Coronel, that
1: yeah. the ball
0: ends up sneaking past. You know, I think um, that's that. That's the thing, right? Like uh, the he was already kind of screwed the moment the ball got played in because he didn't react to the initial ball fast enough. If you want to come off your line. Yes, you need to be coming off as soon as you see the through ball being played, but yeah. he didn't do that, and as a result of that, you know, like this game can be very punishing and very cruel at this level, right? You hesitate just a little bit, you give an extra bit of space, it gives you enough room for the striker to basically poke it in. And that's basically what happened, you know. I think. Uh, all credit to Montero and Burke though. It was a really well weighted through ball and it was a pretty good finish all things considered. It was a good finish.
1: Yeah, uh scoring goals is not that difficult. Uh you just got to get good contact past the goalkeeper and uh, <laughs> yeah. it'll go in. I mean
0: Yeah, so long so long as it sneaks past him basically. That's like that's like 90% of the job done barring some yeah. kind of like godly goal line clearance. And, you know, I think if I'm of the opinion that if he stays back in that case, then that gives Burke, like, time to take a touch on the ball and then lace off, like, a better shot. But, you know, especially since he already proved that he blew past Cal Duncan on that play, right? Like, he'd outpaced him completely. Um, So that's kind of my thoughts on that goal. I mean, I don't think... uh... Yeah, I think I think it probably would have been mitigated if he came out a bit faster,
1: and it might have been mitigated if if Amro Tarek didn't like jump try to do uh try to knock himself over trying yeah, to head the ball. Yeah,
0: that was kind of a David Luiz moment, huh? Like, yeah, sh- Shout out to Arsenal legend David Luiz, man. But yeah, that 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 that, <laughs> that that was not that that was not one of Amro's finer moments by by any means of the situation. And you know, I think that kind of brings us to to the main like question mark right now. Um, and I, I I don't think that we could have probably gone the whole episode about discussing this at some length, right? But you know, what happens to the defense now, right? Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, you know, I think some people will say that this is a bit doom and gloom. I don't give a fuck. Like, it definitely takes the wind out the sails a little bit, at the very least, right? And, like, taking, getting your most proven centre-back taken out for the season is a pretty big challenge to overcome for any team. You know, I think, um, especially considering the fact that he looked like he was rounding into his best form, right, before he went down to this injury, is kind of what, it's kind of the salt in the wound. You know, like, the last couple years for Aaron Long have been kind of lackluster. I think, um, as, any, as as they were for anyone, I think, playing under Chris Armis. But now, as to the Struber around, like, he'd seem like he'd been coming back to his, uh, you know, his original is a uh, stellar 2018 form, and then his heel just gave way on a 50-50 duel. And at the age of 29, right, I think simple fact of matter is, is for a 29-year-old center back that was relying a lot and being mobile, right, Achilles injuries are kind of a tough one. You know, sports science has come a long way where maybe they're not career enders like they once were. But, you know, for a guy approaching 30, an injury like that, you know, will sap quite a lot. May sap a lot of mobility. So we do have to be prepared for the fact that he might not be the same player as he was before the injury. You know, I think that's that's just how it is. You know, there there are exceptions to the rule. I mean, there is one on the team, right? Florian Below, two ACL tears and still came back and looked okay for the most part, but it's cuz Below also wasn't really a player that relied too much in physical like of uh, being covering a lot of ground, basically. Long on the other hand is that type of guy right like the this cold play was like his, 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 his emergency center is his, his emergency defending his ability to cover huge swathes of that back line probably the most out of our whole team right now, I would say um, so I mean like don't don't really like i I think there's no no really two ways of looking at it like it's a huge blow it is a massive blow. And a lot of dealing with it is going to fall down. And Yeah, I mean, I guess this is the first big test we see for senior management, right? In their tenure so far, for Kevin Thetwell and for Gerhard Schubert, is how do they manage this loss for the rest of the season and beyond, right? Do they build on the assumption that Aaron, that long is basically... Um, do they build on the assumption that long isn't going to be the same player that he was before the injury. I would think in the circumstances, it would be the smartest move, right? Because you're going to have to move on from him eventually. And I think as an injury like this may bump the succession plan up, like maybe one or two years at the very least. Right. So now you're going to have to start bringing in a guy who you can groom to be that successor in defense. And I think Struber even mentioned at the press conference, right. I think this Friday, that they were looking potentially at outside options to bring in to help uh, to help with this. And I think that that's the right move to do in this case. Because you can't bank on the fact that he'll be able to recover um, what he once had in his age 30 season coming off a season-long layoff for an injury that's kind of notorious for sapping guys' mobility. So yeah, um,
1: thoughts? um whatever i wonder if he has connections to whatever the team doctor at uh, what is it was it jordan morris's dad at uh, at the seattle Sounders and get whatever like horse placenta smoothie that he kept giving chad marshall for 20 years or whatever <laughs> give that to aaron long use your go through your rolodex um yeah i'm thinking just aaron long is a loss not just because of his role in the system i mean part of my thinking is that like his role in the system as a compliment to the other center back. Um, and I think a lot of his work on the team is partly due to his uh individual talents as a player. As a, you know, as a player who's not always played his trade as a center back. Um and the real concern is that we have a bunch of guys who are unproven at center back. We have Amro, who uh He's a bit we unreliable. Have, you know, we don't yeah He's a bit unreliable. We have Nealis who Has been good so far this season, but that's because we're not expecting him to play to be Aaron Long. We're expecting him to sort of play the complement to that kind of uh, mobile ball playing center back. Yeah, And so the real question mark now is is whether or not we see Andres Reyes uh, this weekend. And, you know, I think we should. Right. And I think
0: profile wise, in terms of being able to cover a lot of ground, like he's the closest in terms of physical profile to a guy like Aaron Long right i think that would be very fair to say when he was first brought in like there was the assumption that he would be filling in the tim parker role right next to aaron long right. but uh you know i think uh the early returns were is that he needed a bit of time to get a bit of seasoning you know i think either at red bull too just to grasp the tactics a little bit more and now they've kind of had their hand forced uh schubert did for what it's worth did say that he's made quite good progress and that he can be and that he will be seeing first team minutes i think this uh, this weekend right i think in new england um i'm not really sure like how he's looked at red bull too because to be honest i mean like it's really hard for me to follow usl um here i mean i know it's yeah. on youtube but like i have to work when most of the friday night games are going on so like absolutely no way that uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm not exactly waking up at 5 o'clock to watch our fucking reserves, man. I mean, like, that's insane. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me?
1: Like <laughs> sounds, sounds like you don't want it hard enough.
0: I don't want it hard enough, actually, <laughs> sir. I sleep in a big bed with my wife. I'll have you know. Like... <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> yeah, but, no, nah, that's the thing. So, I think like you said right the 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 idea it seems going into the season where that you had to have a whole bunch of got unknown guys proving themselves next to a proven guy like aaron long so now that you've lost a proven guy and you have to play all the question marks, that's naturally going to cause a lot of cause for concern for a lot of people in the fan base you know I mean I think um. I think, uh, you know, it would be very foolish to assume that we're somehow going to, that everything's going to be okay at the end, you know, because I think um, we don't know that definitively as of yet. I mean, a lot of this being okay in the end, like it's, this isn't going to be a super deep take or anything, but it's really going to come down to how guys step up the rest of the season, quite frankly. And these are really big shoes to fill. Like, this is sort of a guy who has been, like, a stalwart for his club and his country and defense for close to three years now, right? Kind of burst out of the scene out of nowhere, but now he's established and took himself as being, like, the guy everybody looks to, right? Clubs in the Premier League have been circling this guy, right? So um, for a bunch of options that range, I think, like, as you mentioned, right, from slightly older and unreliable to slightly younger and unestablished in Nielis and Reyes. And our additional option would be a guy who they're converting from a fullback to a center back at Red Bull 2 in Manny Eggbo. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I, I don't know, man. Like, in a vacuum at this point in time, like, this doesn't instill a lot of confidence. In me, I would like to be wrong. Yeah. I would like to see someone step up and assume that mantle because that would be massive. But, you know, I mean, like they have a lot to prove. And I think when it comes to mitigating um, leaky goals, now a lot of responsibility is going to fall on our midfield, right? And I think one of the, this is one of the things about the Red Bull system, right, where it's where the defending from a team point of view is mostly going to be how well the team keeps the compact shape and keeps the press aggressively through a whole 90 minutes, right? If we can do that, maybe it's a case where the midfield can take a lot of the burden off of our back line. But you're still going to have circumstances where you're emergency defending or you're going to have teams pinning you back for moments in possession, right? Like as you would during a rest phase in the press. And that's where the back line kind of comes in handy. And that's where I think naturally a lot of the question marks are going to come out. It's like, yes, you know, I mean, like uh, the midfield and the forwards t- assume a lot of the mantle for the counter pressing. But when they get through those lines or when we enter a rest phase in the press, like that's where the back line has to assume duties of being able to shield uh, enough of it. And already this week in Philadelphia, you kind of saw some of our depth pieces making some kind of boneheaded decisions if I'm being quite frank, like Amro's mistake, I think on the uh, goal, as you rightfully pointed out, being kind of uh, a pretty good illustration for that. Um, That, you know, I think that really don't indicate to me that, 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 everything's necessarily going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really, I'm really struggling for words here to be honest. Like we don't know that at this point, it's just blind faith that they bring someone in maybe, or someone steps up to assume like the mantle, like I said, but you know, I mean, until that happens, like nobody knows (laughs)
1: quite frankly. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it's, it's, when you really think of it, uh, you 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 realize how important Aaron Long is into that setup. Because you lose Aaron Long, you want to replace Aaron Long, and then you would think, who are your options? And then if you use Amro, then that is from what from what it looks like, that is uh, one less option we have at left back. I don't. Once uh, Andrew Gutman didn't play in this game, and so we deputized Amro in that spot. Where is Jason Pundon? I don't know. Uh, Struber didn't feel like uh, didn't think that John Tolkien was ready to play in that role and so it calls into question of uh, our depth uh, at left back as well so yeah yeah so I'm thinking like it, it's got to be Andres Reyes. it's got to be his spot I'm thinking this is a guy we paid I don't remember the, what the fee was but like we paid a decent amount of money for him um, not just it wasn't it was it was. was it because I think he was on loan to Inter Miami, right? And so he was. So the fee was with Atlético Nacional in Colombia. Yeah, I think it was like a f- um, two. The range of two million dollars is what I've seen thrown yeah. around. Yeah. And uh, this is a guy who I think, coming from a club like that in Colombia, having already played for uh, the Colombian under twenties already, I, I believe probably playing at some international tournaments with them already. This is a guy who's like, well on the pipeline to like, play for the Colombian national team uh and he's twenty one years old like this is uh you know this is, uh this is his spot to lose. I think he's the one that's gotta set up i, I think uh has gotta hold him and say Andre- <laughs> and- andres it 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 it's so clear it must be sharp like a knife.
2: <laughs> I want you to invoke the spirit of the warriors of your country of old you know the uh
0: uh this is this is where i realize i don't know anyone who's like any real like old school colombian defenders
1: (laughs) oh the only one i could think think, of is
0: andres escobar and we don't want to go there so
1: (laughs) oh yeah i think uh this is a real like real heads no moment so it's like uh in my head i know uh Mario Yepes. Oh yeah, uh, Mario
0: Yepes. Yeah, yeah. He was still playing for Colombia like 2014. Like he was like 38 years
1: old, wasn't he? Still making. And uh, who else was? I think his last name was Cordoba. I think he played at. uh, He played uh, for the great Inter Milan sides. Uh... Oh, Ivan Cordoba. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I told you we we were going to real heads, no territory. Good shit, good shit. Welcome yeah. to Remembering Guys
0: TV. Actually, like, fuck the New York Red Bulls. <laughs> like, we're done with this bullshit, man. It's not like anybody listens to us for a Red Bull takes anyway. Uh,
1: People want to know uh, who, what players we remember from playing pro evolution soccer fifteen years ago.
0: Yeah, like you know the
1: uh, Claudio Lopez,
0: Kili Gonzalez. You know from oh, Argentina yeah. <laughs> on the three four three Argentina sides. Here's a name that's gonna make everybody <laughs> shit their pants. Ariel Ortega. Chips all day, wow. baby. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. But yeah, to get back to the uh to get back to the point at the hand, you know, I think you know, I mean if, if I don't see Reyes against New England, I would really be, begin to question like what the fuck was the plan for defense this offseason then? Right? We're <laughs> at a point where we're still playing Kyle Duncan at left back. <laughs> when our first choice left back goes down and we've paid $2 million for a guy who hasn't seen a minute of time in our opening six minutes in our opening six games. Like I don't have to really question like what the fuck is going on. Right. And if that really is the case, then that's just going to make me even more nervous. Right. Because can you really say that everything's going to be okay if uh, the defensive reinforcements that you're supposed to be bringing in don't see the field for the first six games of the season? like what's the plan there then right like yeah. did somebody somewhere fuck up with their talent recognition did were we not prepared for this um you know the, the this development and the event that uh we'd be losing a guy for most of the season because for for whatever reason and it's I mean, like it's not like we knew that long was going to be available for us like every single like week right we knew that would be absences because of international duty potentially shared throughout. And then on top of that, you add in the context of moving on, like your other quote unquote established name and defense in Tim Parker, right. That's where it's kind of been a bit of a question mark, I think for sure. Like in, in, in my opinion, like, so if Reyes doesn't see the field, like it's even, it's even more questions to KT and, uh, to KT, yeah, like, w- w- why is it despite of like, the overhaul in the through most parts of the team that we are still seeing these retreaded options being put out as our depth at left back, like you mentioned, and yeah, why is our center back like depth so thin? Like, like I think that would be very fair grounds to basically mistake.
1: I don't know what the plan was uh, to incorporate Andres Reyes into the team. I know they mentioned that he wasn't quite ready, that he wasn't fit, but uh, by the nature of him having two legs that are working, he is fit.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right, and like, look, I mean, like, there were other guys who uh, who were just kind of thrown in, like from the get go, right? I mean, like, we talk about the midfield movement being very pivotal to like uh, the way this team likes to play. And yet Frankie Amaya basically got penciled in from the very start, right? Like a Tim Parker literally walked into the team from the Starbucks in Tijuana in 2018 and immediately combined to like put out like one of the best back lines in MLS. Like I understand being cautious. Maybe you want to give some, you think you can bring some guys along a lot more slowly, but at some point, like it's all mood if you don't fucking play them. So I'm 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 going to be quite frank. Like if Reyes doesn't play against New England, I'm gonna I'm gonna be asking all kinds of fucking questions about this team, man. Like for real, for real, for real, for real. Um, and I really hope he delivers because he seems like a really nice bloke, doesn't he? I mean, like we can always <laughs> get behind uh, the. It's really nice for the writers who have given us a sequel to very smiley, happy Colombian man. Right and Andres oh, yeah. Reyes, like shout out to the <laughs> legend Carlos Rivas, but and I really do want to see him succeed. Like I, I I want to make this disclaimer right here. I hope Reyes succeeds. I hope Reyes is that guy. But uh, the longer he doesn't play, like the more I'm going to be questioning this fucking team because then why the fuck did we buy him for? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So yeah. Basically, cut a long story short. I hope I hope Reyes plays in New England to kind of get the first shot at like uh living up to that mantle. Now of course I think someone who's yeah. been overlooked in all of this is Sean Nealis, obviously, and he has been very quietly steady, right, this season in the back line. To get to, to, to not take anything away from him. Um so I think uh you know, I mean like I think underrated Candidate for a, a breakout, right, would be Sean Nealis, you know, from what we've seen so far. I mean, you know, I think he's gone from being looking a bit loopy, being a bit of a question mark at Ripple 2 to now looking like he can at least hang in MLS without looking too overmatched. And you know, like, um, as I said, you know, I mean, like getting an average MLS center back out of your, like, what, third round draft pick is already kind of a big bonus, right? yeah But if he can take another step beyond that, you know, like that'll, that'll be even more gravy. You know, so all eyes are going to be on him now as well, right? Because now he's going to have to be shouldering a lot of the responsibility next to a guy as probably un- unproven as he is, or is most definitely not an Aaron Long stature. So this is where we're going to be finding out. Like, was he kind of being covered up by Long's presence for the opening five games of the season? Or has he really, truly made strides as a player where he can say that I can hang in MLS, right? Probably the big going to be the biggest test of his career, now, right? He's going to have to make a big claim to see if he can lock down more minutes. Yep, I agree. Yeah, so I think um, that it moves my attention to like the fact that Andrew Gutman Gutman goes down, and, we're, <laughs> and we and we and we and we're stuck on Mister Kyle Duncan's wild ride. <laughs> As Brit, as Mr. Britt Bird pointed out in the once a metro column, you know that, that's, that 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 turn of phrase is stuck in my head, right? Because it really feels like Mr. Bones is wild ride,
1: right? We just want to get <laughs> off of it at this point, but <laughs> the ride never ends like i'm just amazed i'm amazed we've gone like 45 minutes without talking about the game kyle duncan had but here we are i mean like i don't want to rag on
0: it too much because for for all intents and purposes it was garbage man i'm I'm, I'm so sorry it was uh it was not good (laughs) it was it was um as they say no bueno he's got no left foot we need to stop putting him uh, leaving him out there to die basically every time he goes to left back, it's like, like you already know what you're going to get, right? Like, and he seems to kind of know what he's going to be putting out when he's on the left. You know, I think it was particularly egregious, you know, where he'd gotten in his head so hard that he's just started bitching and moaning while the... uh, at other guys and at the referee, like while the game was still going on.
1: And that is. While game, he was on the ball.
0: He was on the ball, yeah. And I was like, dude, I know this is kind of a shitty situation to be in, man, but you're a fucking grown ass man at this point, right? Like, you're. He's what, 24, 25 fucking years old? He's no fucking it's baby, really dog. Good. Like,
1: <laughs> he's no fucking baby. <laughs> to, to, to bring that Yeah, back it's her. like. It's like we we would see him like when he debuted in 2018 he would have like a run of two good games and then he got injured and then we were like what what if and then now we're seeing what would happen yeah, that he would have two good games and then instead of getting injured he would just have some real stinkers. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Like 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 stock is rising and falling like faster than you can say bitcoin at this point really like with this guy oh, yeah. man. Like I feel I don't want to rag on it too much, man. But seriously, like, I can't believe that all things considered, after we brought in twelve players over the offseason, that we're still stuck with Cal- with the Kyle Duncan experience
1: left back in twenty twenty one. Like, I can't, I can't excuse that. Yeah, it feels like <laughs> now, in the same way that we're sort of accelerating the uh, the Andres Reyes timeline, that we've we've arrived at at uh at the tom at the tom edwards timeline
0: yeah no i mean joe credit to edwards he looked pretty pretty interesting when he came on eh? I mean like for the first time in a while i've seen a fullback in our system show some playmaking capabilities right some oh really yeah nice... just like a guy who could whip crosses whip crosses put in a good pass as well you know I oh, can't yeah. wait until he gets up to fitness and we see some of those bombing runs forward right that would mm-hmm. be re- that would there be was really
1: one fun. moment there was one moment in the first half where uh i think they they misplayed a pass and it was kind of going out it was going out to touch and he i was thought i thought he was gonna like do that thing where like where like both to keep the ball in play you kind of like slide tackle it and you kind of hook your leg around and go to ground but uh he didn't do that like he as the ball was making its way to the touchline he looked at fabio he saw fabio making a run and so he just whacks it right off yeah. the, uh the touchline and like fabio gets his head to it i'm like that was a that was a lost ball and you turned that into a corner kick well done sir
0: yeah that was sick you know that was that's the kind of stuff that you want to see right like uh, same thing with klimala right like uh, there was a there there was another one of those lost ball situations uh where i think the ball was going to the touchline or something and he just whips it back in and it almost turns into a goal right yeah i think uh Or, yeah, 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 yeah. That was the one where Fabio could have poked it home, I think, if he just followed the ball a bit more closely. But, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I think, you know, I think, I I think basically, like, what what we learned from Philadelphia is that the way to mitigate everything we learned from Aaron Long is to just go full Brendan Rodgers-Liverpool and win every game 5-3. Oh, yeah. I think that would. (laughs) <laughs> that's the moral of the story here also I just want to point out that it's. It, I think we're probably the only team in MLS to be playing a two-striker formation with guys wearing number nine and number ten so despite being oh, yeah. uh, the, the, the more things change, the more things uh, become EDS the more things <laughs> become modern
1: the more they stay the same Oh yeah, it's a, it's uh it's the the dichotomy. We play a, a st- two strikers nine to ten, but we insist on having a fullback wearing number seven. Yeah, what so. the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> that is egregious. I'm sorry, like Tom, like yeah. I really like what you showed this weekend, but pl- but please, man, like seven is a as a right back. Two two fullbacks in a row wearing seven. That's inexcusable, man. It's man. That's inexcusable. That is that is no that is no for me. Especially since, like, it was mostly guys, like, I mean, like, come on, like, really, Patrick Segrist and Derek that, Etienne Jr. wearing number seven? Like, come on, no.
1: Well, at least he Derek Etienne Jr. was a winger. Like, not a very good one, <laughs> Well, uh, for the system we play, no. Yeah. Uh, but uh, for, the, <laughs> for whatever Caleb Porter wants to do, sure, why not?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: Whatever, man. Uh- <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not here to talk about Columbus Crew or Carew FC or the big or C's, do, the big C, C ninety six, the Columbus Crew esports organization, right? <laughs> Col- soccer club, soccer club, John Carew. I don't know. <laughs> Who
0: gives a fuck, man? Like they're from Ohio. Worst place in the <laughs> union. Uh- <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> um. Yeah. Um what did I wanna say? Um Yeah, whatever. Let's just do stocks. <laughs> <laughs> let's just round let's just round this bit out. Let's just let's just let's just do a quick stock check. So I think um I think ups I think are going to go to Andrew Goodman for very obvious reasons. Like I think shot stock is through the roof and he didn't even fucking play like this week. Like that's how how I'm much of an adventure this look like, eh? Right. <laughs> um, I'm also going to give a stock to. Um, I'm going to give a stock to Drew Yearwood. I think he he should start. You know, at this point, I, I've seen enough. I think I I I want to see him over 90 minutes. And I'm going to give a stock to Patrick Klimala. Obviously, I think Patrick is here. Patrick looked dangerous and. You know, I mean, based on what I saw in the press conference on Friday, I really like a striker with confidence. Like uh, this is this is he seems like a really nice character to be having along for the ride this season. It's had a while since we've had a player with a bit of a ego, I should say, and I mean ego in like a not a toxic way, hopefully, but someone with a bit of confidence and a bit of cheek to him, right? Just yeah. an utterly disrespectful player. Like I hope, I hope, I, I hope that's him. It's been a while since we've had a purely disrespectful guy on the team, so yeah. All eyes on you, Patrick. Stock up. Um stock down's I mean, uh man. Uh stock down to Amro. Sorry, buddy. Uh stock down to Cal Duncan. Uh it's it's fucking cryptocurrency at this point, like I basically mentioned. <laughs> and uh I didn't want to do it, but stock down of coronel. <laughs> Uh, Ended up being a bit of a, ended up being a bit of an like ended up being highlighting I think a lot of his flaws and a lot of his weaknesses that he's gonna have to learn how to fix, and you know I mean at the age of 24 like you still you still have time to iron out some of these issues, right? So hopefully uh, Yuri Neminen gets on this and irons him out, but you know I mean it wasn't just the positioning on the goal, it was uh, the inability to catch across that kind of yeah zero
1: catches zero catches this entire game just completely rooted Um, to his
0: line as well throughout i mean like dude if i wanted evan lauro we should have just kept him (laughs) 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 because he's basically like evan lauro if he was better at shot stopping and controlling his rebounds (laughs) at this point yeah like look i look i you know i mean like The distro is really fun and everything, but at some point, like, you got to remember that the fundamental aspect of a goalkeeper is preventing the other team from putting the ball in the back of the net, right? It's not just in terms of shot stopping, it's in terms of chance prevention. So if you don't go out and challenge for crosses, man, I mean, like, that's just basically giving a whole bunch of people free reign to go ham in your six-yard box, in your 18-yard box, I should say, crosses, from cutbacks, everything. No, at yeah. some point he's got to he's got to he's got to gain that assertiveness and start coming off his line a lot more.
1: Yeah, at a certain point that becomes something that other teams can exploit and we don't really want that. And that's what Philly were doing, right? You saw the game plan, a lot of low driven crosses across the face of goal
0: because they know he's yeah. probably just going to be sticking to his line. So please Carlos, yeah. Please 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 come out a bit more. Anyway, I'm yeah. done. <laughs>
1: Uh, for me, I think I give stock up to Patrick lot. I think by the nature of you giving a stock up in in the same vein of you giving a stock up to uh, Andrew Gutman, stock ups to uh, Andres Reyes, poppy to tiempo se <laughs> here. uh My guy, get in this team, uh, and then stock ups. I thought uh, stock up to Edwards. I thought Edwards, uh, if there if there's any if there's any player to, to, to make the case for uh, replacing the guy who's currently starting. Uh, I think, I think Tom Edwards does that Um, stocks down. uh, I mean, number one, Kyle Duncan, but I'll, I'll move on from that. I gave a stock down to Drew Yearwood just because at the very least, like maybe, you know, I think, but just, just because you get a red card, you get a stock down. I feel like these things could have been preventable. Um, Thankfully, Drew Yearwood getting a red card would not have changed the state of the game anyway so whatever uh and then i guess only stock stock down i have left is uh uh amro i thought amro had a really bad uh uh looks in this game i just don't know um what the plan is for him uh it's he's either deputizing as a center back in a three center back formation or he's deputizing as a left back neither of which um he seems uh, up to the task doing, which is disappointing uh, because I want to like him because he's a good poster. But yeah, uh, you're not paid to post. You're paid to play soccer. Uh,
0: <laughs> now, Andrew Vazano, that's a guy he's paid to post.
1: <laughs> that guy. Yes. Good poster,
0: Andrew Vazano. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I was going to give a collective stock down to some of our midfielders outside of Sean Davis, and um, I guess in this game, Christian Casares Jr. I'm going to break my rules. Actually. I, I, I think it, I, I think I have to say that we kind of have to grind the, uh, hype train a little bit for Caden Clark and Frankie Amaya's partnership. I think they, they could blossom into something really good, but you know, I think this game showed that, you know, I think, you know, as you would expect from young players, right. I think, uh, as you as they would as you would expect from young players, sometimes they just run into more assertive, dominant opponents and just look completely overmatched, and that's kind of what happened mm-hmm. in this particular case. It happens as part of it comes as a comes part of the territory. So how they bounce back from this is also part of learning, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to quote, uh, to quote, um, to quote. A, a, a very notable Japanese philosopher, Tetsu Takeda from uh, Haiku. <laughs> this is soccer, Hinata. <laughs> this is volleyball, Hinata. Recovering and taking care of yourself and coming back stronger. This is volleyball. <laughs> so this is soccer, Frankie and Caden. Uh, like it's not how, it's not losing on the day. It's not what you are today. It's what we will be tomorrow. <laughs> Yo, that panel like reg- legitimately sent like fucking goosebumps through my spine, though. I don't know, but I like, I I'm not gonna like give uh, high manga spoilers to anyone on this podcast anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you 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 you'll you'll know the panel when you see it. Is all I'm gonna say.
1: Um. dakedo, Mata Ashita. I see. The pass. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I think if we want to talk about the midfield, I guess notable compared to last game is that the Philly was really good at stretching the midfield, and so yes. the midfield lock look did not look compact like it did in the past few games, and that really hurt us. And it just feels like, um, it's like they got to adjust. It just it 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 annoyed me that Jamiro Montero was like looking out there, looking like fucking Ronaldinho, like him doing like like if he like I like if drew yearwood got which went in on a studs up tackle and if montero was like i don't know standing on the ball or whatever doing whatever some kind of like impression of of uh, south african shoeshine soccer i would not be mad but man um well, he kind
0: uh, of yeah all he kind of does is just pass really like i thought that was his only like real notable contribution
1: to the game like, yeah he was moving the ball really well it's just like and then like he would just like do some fakes, some, some, some sh- shoulder shifts. And it was just like, looking like Dino look at, right. It was, that was annoying. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Um... Kind of reminds you of a certain Ilsenio, doesn't it?
1: Uh, anyway, <laughs> I would not, I would, I, I'm going to say this right now. I am thankful that he was not in this game to run at Kyle Duncan. Holy cow! We would probably, that would not have been fun. We probably would have lost like six one, dude. <laughs> I would have. I would have committed. <laughs> I would have committed Seppuku by the eightieth minute. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, and imagine if CJ Sapong was around as well. Like all the greatest hits are coming out now, eh? Like. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ!
1: Elsino feeding the ball to CJ Sepong. Oh yes. <laughs> like dribbling past three guys and then just hitting the ball. Oh my God. Oh, dear. Okay,
0: anyway, I'm, I'm just right. kind of glad to put this Philly road trip behind us, because I genuinely just dislike going to this, the stadium formerly known as Talon Energy Stadium, kind of dating myself with that one, but yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've
1: been there. How, how many times have you been there?
0: I've been there, I think, I've done the Philly road trip, I think, at least once or twice every year since 2000. Oh, okay. I did it once in 2016, then I did it in 17 twice, and... Yeah, twice I think for regular season and the U.S. Open Cup game. uh, I think I was
1: Yeah, I was. I was at the Open Cup game 2018, and then I was at uh, 2019 playoffs. So,
0: yeah, that's a yikes, dog. Some real trauma. Just a couple of that. That
1: 2019 game, man. That's uh... (laughs) they were up three-one at
0: halftime, bro. Oh my god!
1: That's some real like Vietnam memories for me. But <laughs> all around we, me, we're not here to talk about
0: that. <laughs> <faces>.
1: <laughs> I remember distinctly just yelling at the referee to just just end it, just blow the whistle already. Yeah, dude. Uh, okay. I want to go home. I have laundry to do. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah, let's we move have another on. Road trip to ahead. another
0: shitty road trip. Like this is by far like the like just from a pure like experience. Um just from a pure experience of being there perspective and the process of getting there, like, this is the worst fucking road trip on the calendar, man. Like, <laughs> and considering the fact that this includes a road trip to Columbus in some seasons, like, the fact that from a fan perspective that this is the worst away trip kind of speaks volumes, right? Go a fucking Gillette Stadium to play the reps. And what has typically been like one of those really shitty, like early season midweek fixtures that nobody really gives a fuck about, right? Especially around this time. Like, nothing says Red Bull soccer is back more than everybody not looking forward to playing the revs on the road <laughs> in early, in, in late spring slash early summer, right? It goes without saying. Um, i hate this road trip man i mean it's not not even from like a results perspective i don't care about that shit like you get there it's like a fucking toilet there's like nothing to do in fox bro you're literally like riding four hours through like fucking connecticut just to go to just to go to fucking uh robert Kraft's like fucking
1: uh personal tax write-off
0: personal tax write-off yeah you go there you see tom brady everywhere and it just makes you really upset oh, uh, the only thing of note out there to eat is a fucking Five Guys. Uh, <laughs> the parking lots aren't even that fun to tailgate in because they're just giant gravel pits. You have to go look for the most inconspicuous, like pile of weeds, to go take a piss in. This is a really shitty all-around experience, man. Like, why would I travel four hours to get to this fucking toilet to see a team play on fucking artif- on fucking turf, man? I mean, like, Jesus, talk about just being an absolute like. Fossil of MLS 2.0. I mean, like here you have the fucking New England Revolution, right? Um, coached by Bruce Arena as well. So interestingly enough, Big Bruce, yes, still kicking around, as most people will know by now. So, um, and the funny thing is that they actually look kind of good this year, don't they? I mean, man, it's still early goings, but um, some talent on this team, I think for sure. I mean, uh, you know, I think uh, Carlos Gill, I think is obviously the pick of the lot. Um,
1: Aston Villa legend, yes.
0: <laughs> who was Aston Villa owned by asshole American legend as well? By the way, shout out to Randy <laughs> Lerner. Just just can't just can guy just can't stop finding himself unlike teams of guys who are like considered very divested NFL owners. You know what I mean? Well, actually, that's not true because oh, yeah. I mean the Patriots were literally the New England Patriots, but Robert Kraft is kind of a. Kind of a douchebag, so fuck him. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, other players, I think Gustavo Bo. Right, I think uh, looked starting to look pretty okay. Um, his uh, last couple seasons, basically like, but but basically like, I'm just reading names off uh, off, off 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 of off, off, off of uh, the. Um, off of the squad roster um part of wikipedia just because like i'll be frank i haven't really watched a lot of mls outside of red bull this season just yeah because i mean uh, like... for
1: the second for the second week in a row we're playing a team with the polish striker
0: oh yeah adam books i see that i see you oh matt Polster's on this team as well huh oh, what the f- oh wow scott caldwell's so playing what the fuck uh, anyway, yeah, <laughs> this is the uh, stunning insight that I think people expect from uh, this podcast, right? So,
1: yeah, it's pretty amazing that both A.J. De La Garza and Seth Sinovic are on this team as well. Oh, so this is Tommy That's,
0: McNamara. Holy shit. Yeah,
1: man. Oh, uh, wow. Really whoa. interesting team. This is like the MLS um, 2.0 All-Stars. Yeah. Uh, per I know one player to look out for, I think, is they have a center midfielder who's like... Uh, secret uh secret jewel that juan mapu was talking about uh brazilian named Maciel. yeah um but then i think John buchanan who's like a winger i think who's canadian is also good and he was subbed in he was a second half sub in the in their last game so we could look at him potentially starting this game because i think teal bunbury started their last game and i don't know if he goes 90 all the time I don't
0: know I mean it is Teal Bunbury after all at the end of the day right like what's he done besides score like uh, that Golazo um in 2014 in the uh, Eastern Conference finals at Red Bull Arena I mean that's basically the only thing I remember him doing on a soccer field uh, Oh besides yeah. uh, I like that boom booty. <laughs> oh yeah Matt Turner as well like he's a pretty, pretty decent shot stopper New Jersey guy <laughs> yeah pretty decent shot stopper uh, probably been one of the best, like, shot-stopping goalkeepers in MLS, actually, over the last couple of years. So, kind of a good find for him. I So, I think all things considered, like, look, I mean, like, Gillette Stadium away on turf for a mostly unproven backline against a team that looks like they might have gelled quite a fair bit. You know, I mean, uh... look, I mean, I'm not optimistic, <laughs> I guess going into this game and the Aaron long injury really did kind of take a lot of winds, take a lot of the wind out my sails, but you know, I I hope I get surprised. Uh, I think I, I think there are chances to be surprised. Uh, we do recall that Carlos Gill right? Got shut down by a certain Alex meal when they went to go visit Nashville. Uh, so if we come out looking, intense in the press, right? I think it gives us a chance at least to give the other playmakers and attacking players something to think about, right? Um, I don't know too much about how New England play. Um, like, uh, would you be able
1: to shed some I, insight on that maybe? I I think so, it's a Bruce team, so I'm just imagining uh, he kind of sets up the team... Uh, in an organized banks of four, and then he just on the attack. He has Carlos Heel and Gustavo Bo playing hero ball. I feel like that's <laughs> that's the Bruce mo. It's just having guys do something. There's a funny story I remember seeing about um what was it? It was about Bruce. It, I think it was one, one of those like documentary features that MLS used to do on YouTube. And there was a thing about Bruce and how he coaches the team. And this was one I. Th- think it was either him coaching for the national team or him coaching the galaxy but pat noonan was talking and it was like oh yeah we were it, it was it was it was uh we were it was nil nil at halftime and we sit down and before he gives the team talk he just uh bruce looks at me and says hey pat are you hurt And i say no and then, and then he goes then fucking do something <laughs> <laughs> so i imagine you know he just looks at gustavo Bowen and says hace uh, algo, carajo, or something like that, boludo, or whatever in his in his Long Island accent.
0: The really sad thing is is that my impression that the Revs are, are permanently stuck of like when Brad Friedel was the manager and making them do like wind sprints in the rain after losing two 0 at Red Bull Arena. Oh yeah, what what happened to those Revs, man? Like bring those Rebs back, like at least those are they were kind of fun to laugh at of how toxic how toxic they were getting, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess that's the problem with me trying to preview this game is that, you know, I mean, uh, it, it's, a Bruce, it's a Bruce Arena team, right? <laughs> kind of an old relic of uh, the old school style of American coaching where, um, I guess, like you mentioned, right, just sit your back four kind of compact
1: and hope your best attackers can just figure something out. <laughs> yeah, he's comfy. It's comfy Bruce. Yeah even more comfy than uh like i would think that bruce was like the perfect compliment to like the soccer team that plays it in the same way that uh that bill belichick also dresses like a gremlin um but then i learned recently that bill belichick does that because he would rather wear a suit but because of the nfl's rule he has to wear team merchandise which is why he looks as awful as possible all the time but i think bruce genuinely just wants to be comfy and wear sweatpants all the time
0: yeah i mean like this is his retirement gig after all like he i don't think he really cares right (laughs) it's like bringing him in to coach the revolution was basically just getting the uh, old guy in to coach the ymca team (laughs) it's kind of it's kind of and he turns out to be like an old legend of some sorts at some obscure like d2 like ncaa program or something like in one of those
1: like Cheeky sports movies or something, That time just forgot for one reason or another. <laughs> so, like his first meet, his first meeting with Robert Kraft is like, look, I don't like soccer either. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you want
0: me to do this shit again. <laughs> you know, the last team I had was pretty good, but that was fifteen years ago. I <laughs> remember <laughs> He's like, late like just like, like I know he, I've actually heard Bruce speak a number of times, but I always just hear him as like Lou Brown from Major League, you know. <laughs> None of that Olay bullshit, Dorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So I guess it's going to be a question, I suppose, of how well our attack clicks. I think this is going to be a game where it's going to come down, and as I mentioned, right, in our ability to attack as a team. And I think that's probably going to be what my eyes are going to be on for this game in particular, right? Because now that you know that there's a possibility that Klimala might see 90, um, starting next to Fabio, like I'm kind of interested to see like what our attack looks like with that in mind. I still don't think we have everyone that we want for our midfield healthy. But nevertheless, at least the first team at least the first team strike force is here for the most part. Um think about the injury report as well. I think some names are still unavailable. Like Amro's just straight up out with his groin injury, apparently. Um, I think Yuba Diara with this hamstring injury. It's gone on long enough where I'm just kind of like, I, I think we're basically going to see him like maybe two times more <laughs> this season at this point. And I'll it's call just, it uh, it's just a, another Gideon boss situation. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, hamstring injuries are kind of tricky and I'm kind of bummed out that I haven't really gotten to see much more of him than what we saw against KC Cause he looks so good, but yeah. now he died. F's <laughs> in the chat. F's in the chat for
1: our, uh, malian superstar man seriously shit um so what's a projected back line you imagine yeah imagine a projected or a projected 11 let's talk about the whole 11.
0: like this is the stupid thing right because amro being out and gutman being questionable like that's that 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 that's hard that's cardiac that, that, that's a cardiac arrest waiting to happen for me <laughs> <laughs> I see Cal Duncan at left back. I'm just turning off the game and not watching, man. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I think here it goes. Right. I think if I assume that, um, if I assume, I, I guess I'll do the eleven for the eleven I want to see. Right. So Coronel in goal, Tolkien at left back, Reyes, Nealis at center back, Edwards at right back, Davis, um, Casares, Clark, Amaya. I think that's pretty. <laughs> pretty much to go to at this point and klimala fabio up front yeah but what i think we could see duncan at left back um (laughs) and reyes center back um edwards at right back and uh you know up top maybe it's fabio and danny royer i don't know i mean like i hope klimala goes 90 um but I hope Klimala goes 90 and I think the last game proved that Danny Royer is not really an asset for all 90 to start anymore. Right. Just kind of lost. Yeah. Kind of lost all his pace, man. There were some really good balls being played into the back that he just couldn't get in the end on because he, he kind of looks like he lost the step. So, you know, I think, uh, shouldn't be, it shouldn't really be an option to start anymore. Um,
1: yeah, I would think like gets this start. I just, I'm just, I'm just imagining like, you know you know you know Fox, bro you know the turf bounce and i'm just him like him chasing after a ball i just just fucking whacking it <laughs> just like i think who did, who did who scored a goal like that once in new england did bradley red phillips score a goal? yeah like that just whacked it off the crossbar yeah, yeah. and you know who him and also that mike grella like side foot volley that one year oh that was sick I think both of them, oh, yeah. I think both of those went
0: off the underside the crossbar as well right yeah. Oh yes yeah.
1: just just perfect and uh just show Patrick those clips just uh, catch it catch it real nice Now Patrick I want to show you this clip
2: <laughs> As you say I want you to summon the anger and the the anger that they felt when the Cossacks were crossing the western the eastern border <laughs> you must defend <laughs> You must invoke the spirit of the Hussars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> It'd be that, that would be like Struber like doing some weird like literary reference or something that he does, just doesn't get. And then someone has to explain that like you just like just say that like uh, Pope John Paul II is looking down from <laughs> Oh no no no. no. I was like
2: Patrick, I believe the brave warrior in your culture. Thaddeus Koshuko <laughs>
1: we have to take no we have to take uh, we have to take Klimala to the to the <laughs> on a sightseeing trip you know I didn't realize in
2: America they named up these monuments of great beauty after war heroes and the like and Patrick maybe we will do it to you and one day you score so many goals they call the bridge in Harrison New Jersey the Patrick Klimala bridge like the bridge you <laughs> see before you today <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. And he's like, Patrick is just out here thinking, Bridge is shithole. Why you do this to me, friend? (laughs) (laughs) Worse than any bridge I ever see anywhere else. Fucking (laughs) Korwa.
1: In Poland, we have bridge made completely out of stone. (laughs) I think... There's no need for it. The river dried up 80 years ago. And last
0: time I saw a bridge like this, they were still rebuilding Krakow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, oh, uh, too much fun. Okay, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that kind of does bet does it. I mean, I think for me, like my as far as the result goes, I mean, I'd be happy if we get a point.
1: <laughs> I think,
0: all things considered. Yeah,
1: I never expect anything too good out of these. Uh, out of Uh, this particular fixture uh uh partly as my own preservation to like be surprised like the way uh gonzalo varone scored the winner that one time
0: oh i was there for that and i fell into the front row i think (laughs) (laughs) no did they tell you that during summer of around (laughs) 2017 i think i was there at patrick and uh oh
1: i'm I'm probably yeah okay i'm probably sure i heard this yeah
0: So like uh while we were sell- while we were doing the jumping, the El Keno Salta part, right? And, like I tripped over the uh, <laughs> I tripped over the oh seat God. in front of me. And I keeled <laughs> over into uh, the row in front of me. So there's a picture that someone took at that point in time, right? Of me like going head over heels uh into the row. Where like I'm stooped oh, over in my metro I... jersey, my feet up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm <think I've> see <laughs> that exact moment. I think I think Pat's kept the photo somewhere, so you could probably ask him if he's got a copy. He always likes to bring it out every once in a while just to roast me. So, yeah. Um, anyway, I guess we'll move on to questions. And speaking of Patrick and Dad, we have a question from him this week in the mailbag: Which country? Which? Oh my God! No, not country of England. Which county of England do you think your podcast is most similar to <laughs> um, What's a very conflagratory um, rude part of England that just kind of got famous for subbing for like being very rude and then dialing it back in recent years? Uh, wow um... what's the rudest part of England?
1: I'm not particularly hip on that, but it might be worth noting. Let's see.
0: What I'm going to Google this. What is the rudest part of England? The 20 rudest places in Britain by BBC America. <laughs> uh, it's a place called Back Passage, an alleyway in the city of London.
2: What? Wait, what? Oh. oh no, wait, are these...
0: Right, no, this is just a gag article. Forget that. Fuck. Where are the people rude in the UK?
1: I actually have no idea. Wait, what is this Wikipedia article called? Crap towns, just like the (laughs) worst places in the UK to live. (laughs) No, Hull is the original. (laughs) <laughs> is kind
0: of a shithole
1: actually you know what
0: we would be a kind of a yorkshire huh i mean like a kind of like the original like breakaway <laughs> podcast very conflagratory i guess we did kind of kick yeah. off the war of the roses analog in this case in 2018
1: oh yeah, yeah i guess well, we would see. be yorkshire huh <laughs> that was the original one so it's luton and london that's interesting
0: you know I, I, i'll say we're yorkshire I think we're. I think we're in the somewhere Yorkshire. in Yorkshire. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially since, I guess you know, I guess the other the, the preceding podcasts, with the exception of you from 202, who would be our Yorkshire brothers. I think in this case, um, yeah, they're all probably a bunch of like Southerners, and not like cool Southerners like Cornwall or like fucking, you know, not cool Southerners like Cornwall, which is a own thing. It'd probably be like shitty like Southerner like Hampshire.
1: Or like uh wherever Bournemouth is on the <laughs> south coast. Yeah.
0: Hampshire, Essex, Sussex, one of those fucking cursed ass places around London where all the rich people live. Oh, Somerset yeah. as well. Like that's a pretty fucking cursed place of all the country manners. Yeah. Tory town. Just absolutely awful. Just nuke the entirety of the south of England, man. The north must run free. <laughs> So, yeah, I think uh, I'll just say we're Yorkshire for now. I think uh, if other people uh, have uh, ideas of contributions, they can chip it in. No, I guess to close out the episode, one from Patrick Dolan. Thanks for the question, Patrick. Hardware is always the goal, but what would you call a successful season now that Aaron Long is out? Playoffs were my minimum, and really, playoffs are a very easy bar to clear in... MLS, I still think we are at least, we have enough talent to make it to the playoffs. Um, We certainly do, right? And I mean, I, I would think that I would be shocked if we don't make the playoffs, at the very least. I would be mm-hmm. fucking, like, frothing at the mouth, furious, if we don't make the playoffs. I don't see that happening. Uh, I don't want to see that happening. First of all, mm-hmm. having brought in 12 guys to have an overhaul, Play this particular system because that would be an indictment of the work that was that inspired over the last season. But you know, I think I would say that you know, maybe fourth or fifth in the east, uh, fourth or fifth in the east was what we were, um, is my baseline. I would think that I would consider a successful season if it's a top three finish. I legitimately thought last week that we had the talent on hand, assuming everyone stayed healthy, to have made a run at the Shield. I'm not so sure if we can do that now. So I would say I think a successful season would probably be a top three seed in the East. We established yeah. ourselves as a top three seed in the East. I think I think that's probably would be a fair assessment. Especially since like we don't have a U.S. Open Cup run to go shit house on. Oh, yeah. A real shame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A real shame. Or a or a leagues cup or whatever. Oh no 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 no, those are fake tournaments though. So. <laughs> <laughs> What's a leagues cup? I've never heard such a thing in my life, sir. a cup of leagues. <laughs> it's like I
2: find it very funny they have a leagues cup, because we play in the major league soccer. That is a league, is it not?
1: <laughs> so other, other teams from other leagues can play in this, in this League's Cup? But they're not the and champions how is that different of the league. <laughs> and how is, how is it different from Champions League? And does the Champions League consider itself its own league to go into League's Cup? I am very confused.
2: <laughs> I understand Champions League because the champions of the leagues play in those leagues. But,
1: but I was told that Atlanta was neither champions <laughs> of any time recently, and yet they were playing in the Champions League. I am, again, it, uh, very befuddled, as as the words would say.
2: Yeah, yeah. America is, uh, confuses me increasingly every day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe that's why he's going off to where they're because he just got sick and tired of America's bullshit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, like, I, I take those rumors of a grain of salt. Anyway, I don't really see it happening.
1: Like, like young, like young Ethan on Twitter said, he's a, this America is, is indeed shit and full of yikes.
0: <laughs> so he goes after the part of Germany that's near Denmark. Are you sure about that, pal? <laughs> <laughs> Schleswig Holstein, a.k.a. the most cursed part of Germany, which is already a very cursed place. Come on now, come on
1: now. the The free Hanseatic city of Ber- of Bremen.
0: <laughs> what is that really? It's just southern Denmark, and anything related to Denmark just kind of creeps me the fuck out, man. So yeah, no, no, no. Too much, too much
1: Germany and Denmark chat on this podcast now. Um, yeah. I mean, I th- oh, I th- I should answer the question, I guess. Uh, uh I'm thinking. Um, I don't know. I think a playoff spot is a must, I think, just because it's not that difficult for good teams to make the playoffs. Yeah. And I think because we're starting, I think people in the fan base have like a, a little longer, I think a little longer leash. I know we want results. We want to be a good team. So at the very least, I think playoff spot and uh, as close to a winning record as possible. And at the very least, like a winning record at RBA. I think uh, part of the season is like as much building up the team uh, from where we were at the end of last season, so, so I'm thinking it's not just like the results on the field, but uh, the results in our hearts.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know, at the very least, at least we have some fun players to meme about, right? Like uh, this year has already given us Fabio, it's given us Struber, it's given us Klima. Now, some great characters on the squad this year. You know, I mean, I think that, I think that's some good vibes. Uh, it gave us the Carlos Rivas sequel we were all waiting for and Andres Reyes as well. <laughs> you know, like, good vibes, folks. Good vibes. Like, I guess the, my mind-parting shot for the podcast this week is that I just wanted to give, like, shout-outs to Patrick again for, like, I'm very happy to be here and you'll be very happy for me to be here as well. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> like... There's a little bit of Zlatan in this guy, huh? I mean, like, I surely hope he can back it up. Because <laughs> that would be fucking scenes, dude, if he could. Guys, it's been a while since we've had a true like, kind of, a guy with a bit of a with a bit of cheek on the team, so you know, I mean, I hope it transfers over, translates over into success. we will be watching him very closely with a lot of intent, so very happy that Patrick is here indeed. Any closing
1: thoughts to round out the episode? Uh, no. I think I think we've said it. We said Patrick is here. Yep.
0: Uh, so I think the game on a Sunday kicks off 7:30 um, my time. I think that's 7:30 p.m. Eastern, right? So, yeah, that's 7:30 in the morning for me. So
1: another early rise. Uh, t- uh no, it's tomorrow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, wait, yeah. Tomorrow for oh, me wait, is, is a Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Sunday, morning. Yes, Sunday morning okay, so for me. Saturday, Saturday, night. Saturday night for you guys. Yeah, sorry. time yeah. times yeah. ends. Times so, ends. Times <laughs> Oh boy, how's how's the future, lens? I haven't had coffee this morning, so <laughs> it's kind no. of shit, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're back. Uh, we're back in lockdown again. So you know, I mean, uh, it's oh, not got anywhere else left to go anyway. So yeah, I mean, we'll be watching the game hopefully. Uh, if I see Kyle Duncan at left back, like I said, I'm probably just turning it off and going back to sleep. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Thank you, ta- thank you, Juan, for your time. And no problem. This is Fan TV saying see you
2: next week. Goodbye.